sit down and buckle up. It's time for the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Oh, hey, I'm Nate here with our good friend Aaron Porter. We, as always these days, are connected virtually, but although you can't see him, listeners, I can see him. There he is, handsome as ever, <laughs> rocking away on the front porch of of Casa Porter there in Rockledge, Tennessee. Rockville. Rockville? Okay. I don't know what it is. Rockburg. Uh, I don't know. You're out, You're in the... Uh, you're on the outskirts of Murfreesboro, but still, it looks very rural where you are. Indeed, it is. Yeah, Rockville is very rural, and I and, and I hope cannot... I hope that it stays that way and doesn't grow at the rate that uh, Murfreesboro does. Uh, that city's insane. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's nuts. It's nuts. Uh, well, I am still marooned in Florida. Uh, if I could show you out the window, Aaron, you'd see you'd see the Atlantic Ocean there. Oh, you got a you've got an ocean view from your from your condo. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there is a there is a there, there's a building between us and the water. But if you look around the building, you can see the water out there, and it's a, it's a three minute walk for me to take Daisy, our little dog, over there four or five times a day to follow the sand. Uh, yeah. And uh, spring has arrived in Florida, so it'll be in the middle to upper 70s. Yeah, here's today's weather report from Florida. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to today because uh, this is uh, we're recording this on St. Patty's Day. It's going to be a dry St. Patty's Day for Allie and me. We've made that agreement. And we've got uh, grandkids coming. The, our youngest grandkids will be here and are going to spend the night with us. And so I get to reboot parenthood, get to be a dad uh, a granddad for uh, a few hours anyway, give their parents some time alone. Uh, your parenting experience has shifted a lot in the last year, Aaron. Uh, you're a solo parent. This is true. Yeah. How's that, uh, how's that going? Is it tougher than you expected? Hmm. It's an interesting question. Tougher yeah. than expected. Well, I, I guess that's tough because I didn't expect it. <laughs> so I had, <laughs> oh yeah, I had a massive surprise. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought. I just realized our our American flag has been ripped off by wind of our uh, flagpole and blown away. Uh, how sad. Okay. Um, yeah, I. I want to be careful how I talk about this because I don't want it to sound uh, in any way negative towards uh, their mother. But yeah, the, uh-huh. the kids are with me all the time and I think it has been different that I, than I would have expected in both positive uh, or easy and hard ways. Uh-huh. And it gives me a lot of empathy for other single parents I know, both moms and dads that have to navigate and organize their life very differently. I mean, my my life looks nothing like it ever has and certainly revolves around kids more than I could have 
ever expected. I think the weirdest yeah. thing was having a daughter who's homeschooled, uh, so thus is home all day. Before she got her job, I spent a year without being alone in the house. I think I've been alone in the house for one weekend where they both were away. So mm-hmm. two days in a year that I was home alone in the house. And that was, wow. that was weird. I, I wouldn't have thought about how that would make me feel. And they have their yeah. own rooms. I'm in my office at one end of the house. They, their rooms are upstairs, the other end of the house. So it's not like we're on top of each other, yeah. but it's, it's just feeling very bound to this yeah. process, which is not a bad feeling. Um, yeah, it, it's just a very different feeling. And I, I delight in many of the things that I didn't do before with just taking care of, of things around the house. And yeah. I, I don't know, there's, it's just a different feel, but yeah, I have found that scheduling life is necessary and being as yeah. organized as I can about when certain things are going to get done. And then sometimes yeah. it's just hard because I'm the only one when, you know, certain things need to get done and just kind of wish yeah, you, there was someone else. You don't have backup, do you, Aaron? Nope. And this is a big adjustment. You know, you and I have known each other now for quite a few years. And one of the things that you, you know, often did, I sometimes wondered how you managed to pull it off, but if you wanted to make real progress on a project of one kind, uh, uh, usually a writing project, but maybe a music project or something else, uh, you would just uh, go off for a week at a time and stay in somebody's cabin or on somebody's boat or, uh, you know, and knock it out. Yeah. We've got, uh, Uh, we've got those, those podcast episodes, uh, (laughs) I'd be at the bottom of Brian's boat. Uh, yeah, well, here's here's what I realized, because even here, I would go up to some tents at Reba McIntyre's old horse ranch to do that. Not tents, teepees. teepees. You'd stay in I'd, a freaking teepee. I'd stay in yeah. the teepee, which was great, like 20 bucks a night, free breakfast, and I could just focus on work or a project. Um, yeah. I haven't really missed that. I mm-hmm. think a lot of that... I had to step away from the house to get certain things done because of some of the chaos that was in the house. Right. Yeah. I hear. And so I think although there is chaos with trying to work out finances and budgets and everything else, um, this has been a more peaceful season in that regard. So, you know, finishing the ABBA book that you are editing was actually really easy to do from here which I don't think I've yeah. ever just done a whole project that fast and not left home to some place where I could just completely focus on it. So, right. so yeah. And I, I really want to get some guests on and, and talk more about this because I think even if, even if parents aren't single parents, they might be living a single parent life. If, if their spouse is not very involved, I think a lot of people go through these things where organizing their life, not really having a lot of space to take a breath um, for this season is a real thing. And, yeah. and now I see it and now I empathize before I thought I understood, but I didn't understand a lot of things that I've been taught in this season. 
Yay, <laughs> teachers of life that come through the heart. Yeah, yeah. But, nothing, nothing, nothing like going back and re-editing a book you wrote on marriage all those years ago. <laughs> That's got to be one of the worst things I've had to do. Uh, yes, yes. We're working on we're working on a three book set that'll hopefully be out this summer. And I don't think we've yeah. talked about the marriage book part of that, but yes, yeah. a book on marriage that I wrote when I was twenty five. As a yeah. bright-eyed, idealistic pup being edited by yeah. the divorced 45-year-old version was extraordinary. Yeah. Extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, wow. and to all those people that have copies of that old version of that book, would you mind throwing it away and getting the new version? <laughs> Please, I beg you. Oh, speaking of new versions of books, uh, we are steadily making progress on the second revised and expanded edition of Samson and the Pirate Monks. Uh, about a dozen guys so far have stepped up to say that they would be willing to add uh, their story, a part of their story to the book. Still room for more uh, fellows to do that. And uh, if that is something you'd be interested to do, then uh, are willing to do to share your story Share your failures as well as your successes. Uh, lend to others the gift of your uh, experience, uh, your 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 hope and your wisdom. Then uh, drop me, drop us a line. What uh, you're showing me, and uh, Aaron, I am. <laughs> I, I just realized this is the fulfillment of both my roles this morning. I'm drinking tea from the mommy fuel uh, mug. <laughs> uh, okay. I need some money right. fuel today. Sorry. Okay. All right. There it is. <laughs> so yes, send in your stuff. Uh, where do they send it, Nate? If they're going to tell they might as well. Uh, you send it to Nate at samsonhouse.org. Just let me know if you would like to participate and uh, we'll have a conversation and uh, you know, lay out a plan and we'll see if we can get you included. All right. Well, uh, we do have a great guest this week, a conversation I really have been looking forward to sharing with uh, the Samson community, and you'll meet him when we return on the Pirate Podcast. Welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast. Wow, I am so excited to have with us on the show today from far uh, across the pond over in uh, Italy, uh, a guy who is rapidly becoming a good friend, a terrific Samson guy. Uh, Daniel Weens is joining us. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, you so got to do the chow. <laughs> We've already got Daniele, <laughs> oh, and Rome, and Nate. <laughs> what's, what's Nate's special name? Daniele, what is Nate's Italian name? Nataniele. Uh, Nataniele. Nataniele. Okay, all right, good. See, I this like is good. that. Wait, I can be Nataniele. Now, before you begin, I have to know if if my Italian still works. So... Volevo dire che sei molto carina e me sei dueghi vedo la luna. What the uh, hell did you just say? Uh, 
I wanted, yeah, I understood. I wanted to tell you that you are very good looking. And, and then I understood something about, and when I see you, I see the moon. The moon in your eyes. Was it close? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Good job. All right. Uh, Italian before you come over. I've been, I've been working on it. Okay. You're, you're working on pickup lines before you go to Italy, is what I'm hearing. Well, I, col- there, I collected pickup lines from other languages as a <laughs> as a high schooler and early college, and so that's one of the ones I still remember. I wanted to know if I still remembered it correctly. <laughs> so thank you, thank you All for that right. service, Daniele. Okay, no problem. So All right. what is? Okay. Yeah, I go ahead, not- Nate. Go. I, ahead, I was just—I was Leave. just curious about the story of this man that I've got to talk to while you were dealing with your technology. I actually enjoyed the extra time getting to chat. Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah. So, uh, Daniel, you don't sound uh, Italian. Did you grow up in Italy? Yes, I was born and I grew up here. Yeah. Wow. There's not the trace. I mean, you've got. You sound as American as, you know, anybody from Hoboken. How is that? How does that work? It's because I was born in a missionary family. My my dad okay. was from uh, Minnesota and my mom uh-huh. was from Alberta, Canada. And, okay. uh, and so at home, the rule was that we always had to speak English at home. And then outside, I learned Italian. That was because my oldest sister, when when my parents first arrived in Italy, they only spoke Italian. And when they came back to visit relatives in North America, my sister couldn't speak with her grandparents or uncles and aunts. (laughs) We have to speak English at home. So they had to make a new rule. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. 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 Uh, So how many kids in the family? Where are you in the birth order? I'm the last. I have two older, older sisters. One is 11 years older than me, and a lo- another one is 18 years older than me. Oh, crap. So you're, so you're essentially an only child. I mean, for, for well, I guess an early child. You kind of had uh, 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 sister babysitters, I'm imagining. So what was it like, what was it like growing up in a, in a missionary family in Italy? Go ahead. Um, well, I was very spoiled also because my parents also had another lady that came in and was like a nanny to me. And so Uh she was a widow and never had children. And so she spoiled me rotten. So it was all very, um, I mean, I felt like I was the king of the jungle. And then I woke up Uh from that though, when I was 12 (laughs) and I was sent to a missionary school in Germany and uh, oh. and, warm, and that's where, um, yeah, I woke up to the real world <laughs> and I was no longer. Oh. The same. So, so what was, that what was, was that like? Cause I've talked to a lot of missionaries that were sent to missionary schools like that. And for some, it was the best thing in their life. And for others, it was the worst. So what was that like for you to be sent away from your family, whole different country, kids from all over the world? What was that experience for you? It was, well, on one hand, it made me mature a lot, but I also realized that that's where I felt my first sense of abandonment, which then Mm -hmm. later on in life is what brought me also to uh, porn addiction. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was, yeah, it was not easy, but it also 
The other positive thing is that I learned to depend on God in a way that I'd never done before. So mm. it has its positive sides and negative sides. I also, I guess, I didn't like it also for another interesting reason is that we were in a ger- small little German town. And so, you know, here were all these German farmers speaking this rough language for me, having right. grown up in yeah. Italy and speaking English and Italian. And so it was, um, yeah, it, it was, it was very, I, I missed, I missed Italy a lot. I, 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 it was, it was not easy for me and, uh, mm. I missed my parents and it was tough. Although they did come and visit me. It wasn't that they just really abandoned me. I mean, they, they cared a lot for me, but, um, it was not, it was not easy. Mm. Wow. Imagine. So did you get summers back home and how many years did you spend at the board? I school? spent five and a half years there. Um, wow. but I, but I got summers and Christmases and Easter's at home. And then my parents would come and visit me uh, between like, I almost saw them every six or seven weeks because the school is actually only about 400 miles from where I live in Italy, because it's way in way in Southern Germany, 20 miles from the Swiss border. So I see. uh, So, yeah. Um, But, but it wasn't, it wasn't an easy experience, but it did make me did make me mature. Yeah, that's that's. And was it during those years that you discovered porn? No, it wasn't. I mean, there we were, like you know, we were in this these German towns where we could not have access to anything. Um, and yeah. it was more when I would come back to Italy, and especially towards my last years, is when I would come to Italy where. It was a lot more easier to access it. But even then, it wasn't so much – there was more of of an exploration and just wanting to know more about my sexuality because, you know, at at school we had – at the uh, boarding school in Germany, there was actually a no physical contact rule. Like guys and girls weren't Uh – could hold hands. But – and then my parents never talked to me about sex, like almost, you know, all <laughs> Christians at that. Yeah, right. That era. Right, 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 but, right. Um, but then, you know, I guess in my early in my early 20s and late teens, I just I went to some X-rated theories, uh, theaters, got a few magazines, but I wouldn't call it an addiction. It uh-huh. was more when Internet came around and and then especially when mom passed away when I was only 25 and uh-huh. she died of cancer. And then my dad went and lived with my sister's family. And that's where I completely felt abandoned. It was like a second time where I really felt abandoned. And then I had like the two darkest years of my life where I not oh. only went, you know, to search for porn. I also went with, uh, with prostitutes and and that yeah. was just really really hard. Now, um, yeah. So that's basically what so, what happened. So bridge a gap for me. <clears throat> I have a, a friend from Germany that when he talks about growing up, uh, sexuality was kind of uh, shrugged at, like what he would go out and experience. Nobody shamed him for. 
What was it like in Italy as far as just sex in general, sexuality, the kinds of stuff that you were getting into? Was that very taboo in Italy or was it just kind of, yeah, that's part of kids growing up? So, yeah, there's a difference with what I personally grew up with and what the Italian culture and maybe the European culture, similar to German culture, there's a lot less shame associated with it than I would say the United States. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, people would, you know, have no, no problem with, with living out their sexuality. Um, you know, gen- generally Italians, even, uh, yeah, they, they, they just wouldn't have an issue even with looking, looking a little bit at porn or whatever. Um, but, Instead, it's more the the Christian evangelical environment that I grew up in, where it was it was very very looked frowned upon, and so I grew up more in that environment in contrast to the what the Italian culture would would um, would would be like. So, talk to us about the evangelical community and the evangelical culture in in Italy if you was it is it a subculture uh, you know how well integrated is it into society how large is it what what's the story well, yeah well it's quite small um, it's like mm-hmm. less than one percent so okay. um, and it's quite uh, ten the tendency is for it to be quite legalistic. And mm-hmm. it also is quite anti-Catholic. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. many people, when they become, you know, believers and have a relationship with Christ, then they tend to become extremely anti-Catholic. And rather than preaching the gospel, they preach anti-Catholicism. Um, but yeah, at the same yeah, time, yeah. I also have to say that the culture has changed. Even Catholicism in Italy has changed a lot. Like since when my parents came, like when my parents first arrived in the city in the fifties, um, the, the, um, uh, the Bishop from the city of 150,000 people would tell people, um, like from the main square to not walk on the same side of the street where there was the evangelical church. Wow. Because that oh, was really, yeah. So, but this was before the Second Vatican Council in 1962, mm-hmm. when when that took place, and so then when masses were no longer just in Latin, and when Italians could also read their Bibles, because up until that time only the priest could read the Bible and explain mm-hmm. it to to the 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 parishioners to the people. Uh, then things slowly changed, and now and now the Catholic Church has become, you know, in the last 20, 30 years, has become very ecumenical. Um, but there also, I would say, there's a lot of Catholics, like charismatic Catholics, that really do have a relationship with Christ. And uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot more emphasis on studying the Bible and not so much emphasis on worshiping saints and worshiping Mary. So, so, so take me into your heart. Exactly. Here you are at 25 in that culture. Uh, it feels like you're stuck between 
two hard worlds where since evangelical Christians was, it was such a low percentage, you had to feel pressure that you were supposed to represent to the world. You're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and all, but you're also living in a culture that isn't trying to keep you from the stuff that you're self-soothing with. And it sounds like you were caught in the middle and that would be really hard to go one way or the other for fear of the shame on one side and fear of totally losing your faith on the other. So tell me what that was like for you. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a very hard time. Uh, I remember also even um, doubting my faith in God, uh, even though I've gone to Bible college um, and um, it was, it was very, very difficult. And, and you're right. I did feel that pull. Uh, I remember even in the company that I worked for, I remember talking to people and saying that I wanted to marry an evangelical Christian and they felt like I was being prejudiced, that I was being like a racist almost because I only wanted to marry a type of person. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but thankfully, um, even though I felt disappointed by various Christians, Thankfully, I never uh, got disappointed by God. I always had that somehow just a faith in him that kept me going and that kept me, you know, kind of on track, at least with him, even though I had, you know, it was it was a really big struggle at that period. And then at the end of that period is when I got to know the lady who is now my wife and hmm. she she represented a person that um, I think sub- unconsciously I re- she she reminded me of my mom. She's a very solid person inside, um, mm-hmm. a very strong person. Um, and when I got to know her, it was like that all of a sudden gave me new strength and gave me, and I just felt like I could once again face the world. And thankfully, by God's grace. When, you know, from the moment that we started dating and throughout our marriage, even though I looked at a lot of porn, I'm thankful that I never betrayed her um, as far as, I mean, I betrayed her mentally, yeah. but I never betrayed her physically. So I'm, I'm thankful yeah. to God for that. So she was kind of the turn of those two years in the darkness and starting to come back to the light. Yeah. And and so what what is that journey? Uh, where has that journey brought you? Because how old are you? I'm 51. Okay, so you've got a quarter century between then and now, and what did that do inside of you as far as what you wanted for other men or just in your own life? Okay, well, um, so the first 12 years of my marriage, um, I was uh, still trapped with porn, um, and I was able to hide it from her for various years. And then at a certain point, uh, she caught me. And uh, mm-hmm. by God's grace, we were already uh, seeing a couple that, that does marriage counseling for other reasons. I mean, not she didn't know about the porn issue. Uh, and so we had the appointment right the next morning. And so we went and talked with them. And um, that they helped us out because... They helped us save our marriage. They convinced her that I had an addiction issue and me too, of course, and to get help. Um, But 
And so then I stopped for three or four months, but then I went back into mm-hmm. it because I, I think when I look back on what happened, I think that because I saw her accepting me and not, you know, and not uh, like I didn't feel um, in Italian, we use the term, the phrase, il fuoco sotto il culo, which means the fire under the butt. <laughs> and, I didn't, and I didn't have that under, underneath and, anymore. And so, yeah. and, and, and so I, I kept, unfortunately, kept going and kept uh, uh, looking at porn until 2012, when the beginning of 2012, when different things happened in my local church. Unfortunately, I was living a very hypocritical life. I was being, I was an elder in the church preaching, but at the same time looking at porn. But then I, I was kind of like attacked for a sermon of mine and I got a little bit offended and I kind of closed myself in. And, um, but that's when God really got a hold of me. And I was able to start seeing uh, him and seeing his word and reading like the Psalms in a way that I had never done before. And mm. so that went on for a few months. And then it's like a certain point I felt like, like God was knocking on my shoulder and saying, hey, okay, you've done all this, but what about your porn issue? And that's when I got, <laughs> a, hold, I got a hold of a book which really helped me out. It was in English. And, um, and then within, it was incredible. Within a few weeks, I, even though I was scared to say it because how many times I had fallen, I would confess it to my wife. I even had the gall of telling her, well, God's forgiven me. So you have to forgive me too. And she of course didn't like that very much. (laughs) And, uh, and, and so, but that moment there, I knew, that something had changed. And within a few weeks of even quitting to look at porn, I even felt the strong calling from God to, um, to start a ministry here in Italy to help people with porn. Even though I was very skeptical when people would talk about calling from God, I'd always heard that term in Bible college and missionary circles. I didn't believe in it. And I just, uh, and, and I even had, when I finished Bible college, my parents, my local church in Italy, the mission in the States all put pressure on me to continue my parents' ministry. They seemed to know what God wanted for me, but I didn't have that <laughs> and I didn't have that. And so I'd gone all through that, and that was that was really tough. But there, nine years ago, you know, in October 2012, there it really was. I really had this like felt like God speaking to me directly and saying, you need yeah. to help Italian men with this. And so, wow. um, so anyway, I, I then wrote a letter to, uh, to Angela. Angela is my wife's name. And she, uh, uh, and I didn't even ask her that time to forgive me. I just wrote her a letter and say, you observe me and see how I'm doing. And, uh, and that, that she, she did start forgiving me. Although then we had another issue that came out from my uh, self-centeredness and um, yeah, (laughs) just that that was, even though I'd quit looking at porn, I decided that I had to quit my job and I had to go, you know, full time into ministry right away without not knowing anything. And, 
you know, yeah. my wife, so I was a missionary kid. So for me, I was trained as if, okay, the most faithful, the, the best kind of life that you can live is to live on, you know, live by faith, being supported. And, you know, working was almost like not a good thing. You know, I mean, my right, parents right. never really said that, but you kind of felt like, like that. My wife mm -hmm. instead is from Naples, Italy, Southern Italy, where you, the people like, there's a big difference between Northern and Southern Italy. Southern Italians are a lot poorer. There's a lot less work. And, and she just, they, down in the South, when you have a job, you hold on to it for life. And here, yeah. all of a sudden, her husband wants to leave his job. You know, and I, yeah. and, I, and I had a good contract. I, you know, here in Italy, you're protected socially. You, they, I was good for, for until retirement. And here I want to mm -hmm. leave my job. And so that was quite a big uh, point of, I mean, I risked more losing my wife and her divorcing me for that than even for yeah. my issue. Um, yeah. But in the end, one day she just gave up and she said, okay, do whatever you want. And I went I, and I resigned. Listen, listen, listeners, we're not saying that Daniel's solution was the best one with a war of attrition on his <laughs> wife who finally gave up. But, it, you know, God no. works all things together for, well, one way or right. the other. So so right. here here right. you are now. The Was that all part of the 12 years ago or was that like took a while? How long have you been doing so, this? So I've been I've been in in doing this in ministry in the last nine and a half years. Okay, and instead the first twelve years of my marriage, uh, that's when I was you know struggling with porn. Sorry, I so hope I'm not confused. How has that gone? No, no, I'm I'm tracking. So uh, we'll keep talking. We seem to have lost Nate for the moment, but that's fine. Um, so how has that gone? Because you're still in this culture of great shame on the evangelical side, great liberty on the secular side. And now you're pressing into something that probably neither side wants to talk much about. So how has that gone over the last decade? And how does that bring us to our adventure that we're going to have in just a few months at the beginning of October? Right. Well, I mean, just to kind of finish off my wife, then, um, after a couple of years was able to completely forgive me. And then she surprised me and said, I want to come and share my part of the story together oh, with that's you. That's beautiful. So we've been able to minister together. Um, and God, even in his mercy, even provided a financial cushion for us that has right after I had made that decision. And, and so, um, you know, when I resigned from the job and so um, that has been, really, really, really helpful. So, so we've been together, we've been sharing our story, um, in churches and in conferences, even though at first my wife was very skeptical. She said, mm -hmm. she said, no church is ever going to invite you to come and talk about this, but instead yeah. churches have done it. And there've been conferences, there've been churches, there've been people contacting us, I mean, it's not like flocks and flocks of people, but there are, uh, we, we have always new, new guys that are getting in contact with, with us. There are even some wives that are in contact with, with, uh, with my wife. And so, 
that and so to to then come and see how this is all linked with uh, the Samson Society, basically two years ago, uh, when the first COVID lockdown came and it started, you know, remember it was after China, it was here in Italy. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. And so we were all of a sudden. I thought we need to have an online group, and I should have started earlier, but we started it then. And so we had these guys from all over Italy and I, I was just, we were just kind of, we would get together, pray and chat. And so I remembered that I had read Simpson and the pirate monks. And so I got in contact with, with Nate and Tom and we then uh, right away translated the, you know, the, the, the format of the meeting and we started then um, having our our Samson Society meetings online, and uh, that has been going on now for two years. And then last year, we also got the book Samson and the Pirate Monks translated into Italian. And so um, that then gave me the idea to contact Nate and ask him if he if he would be willing to come over, you know, this fall. Well, and that thing is just kind of mushroomed. I am so excited. Uh, I think Aaron's signing up to come along. You're going to come along? You're going to come to Italy, Aaron? I have to hang out with Danielle and work on my pickup lines. (laughs) And KK Ray is coming. She is so excited. And I get to hang out with KK and uh, and figure out what's wrong with my brain that I'm working on pickup lines with Danielle. See, it's perfect. It's it's a perfect group. (laughs) Uh, and it's not just it's not just one weekend either. So talk a, a, a little bit about the strategy, will you, uh, da- Daniel? How this is unfolding for us? Okay. Well, we're going to have the first weekend in um, in central Italy, about two hours away from Rome, in the Apennines, um, right in front of the Gran Sasso, which means big rock. It's the tallest mountain in central and southern Italy. About I think nine. Nine ten thousand feet oh my gosh. high, wow. mm-hmm. and um, and so that'll be that'll be the international retreat where uh, all men and their wives will be invited, and we will be meeting in one center, us men, and just five minutes away, the wives will be meeting in um in a kind of a Catholic uh, center. And um, so that's what will be going on uh, for the first weekend. And instead, the, the following weekend, we will be on Lake Como. Uh, we will be staying in George Clooney's villa. No, just kidding. We'll be near there. Um, but he has a villa right near there. But it's a beautiful area. And um, and so that will be instead geared to to just Italians, just because we don't have a lot of rooms and so, um, but it's, it's, so it's way up in Northern Italy, right near the Swiss border. So it'll be easier for the guys up in the North to reach, reach there. As far as strategy, the, the other thing is that, um, I would like to very much, um, push these events as Samson Society Italia. And, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if we can say it. I hopefully uh, soon we will have a website up. Samson Society okay. Italia.com. And, nice. um, and so 
I would like to advertise it just as SAMHSA Society because like we were talking before, there's a lot of shame about this issue. Evangelical churches are still struggling very much to talk about porn, talk about sexual issues. And so the, the ministry that I lead called Liberati in Cristo, which means freed in Christ, is completely dedicated to people, you know, struggling with porn and sex addiction and, um, and their wives and helping their wives. Uh, and that, and my name is associated with that too. And so in order to get more guys to come, we would like to completely, um, how can you say, uh, publicize it. Uncouple. Yeah. Yeah. Uncouple. Exactly. So that yeah. all men will, will feel free to come. And to just, you know, guys that want to be authentic, want to be vulnerable, will be free to come and hopefully we'll, you know, we'll open up about whatever struggles they have. That's my desire. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And uh, uh, KK is primed and I'm primed uh, to work with uh, an interpreter uh, on the second weekend. Uh, So I imagine that that'll be necessary. Right. Oh, on, on both weekends, right? But the, the first just weekend t- is the one, the international retreat. The first, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. One. And then the, yeah, the the second weekend, yeah. I I I found a first class interpreter for the for the first weekend. You know, the international. Okay, awesome. Um, okay, I think I'll be able to also get a great interpreter also for the for the weekend in. Uh, in uh, in northern in northern Italy too, and I'll be okay. I'll be doing right. the sign language interpretation. I only know one sign, but I figure Where? that'll work for just about anything that's said. Uh, you know, because in the end, it all okay. comes down all right. to the and bird. You're, <laughs> and you're going to do the uh, pickup line workshop, right, Aaron? That that will be my function. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am looking forward well, to this. This uh, is going to be fun to hang out with you in your world and to learn about that um it's so easy to get stuck in our north american world and think oh this is probably how everybody's experiencing this and there are common threads of heart needs and ways that we've tried to solve that apart from christ but man does it come in a different package when you get to go across the world and hang out with people like you and your friends so it's going to be wonderful Great. Well, Daniel, uh, I am just so grateful that God has put us together. Uh, I know that you, uh, you know, I feel when you talk about that sense of calling, oh. when you know God called you to do something, uh, I know that feeling. Oh. Uh, and I, I believe that he has uh, ordained for us to work together in this. And I just cannot wait to see how it unfolds in the months and years ahead. I think it's going to be beautiful. Uh, and uh, Allie plans to come with me. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll get wives together. And uh, I just think it's going to be beautiful. Great. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Daniel. I know our time zones don't exactly mesh. Aaron and I are in separate time zones here in the U.S., but it's still morning for us. It's afternoon for you, I presume. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, th- thank you for taking time out of your day to talk with us. Thank you. Listeners. Yeah. Listeners will be right back on the pirate Monk podcast.
And we are back on the Pirate Monk Podcast. I'm excited about Italy. I'm actually so excited if Abby can save the money, which she's trying. Uh, she and Allie are just going to have a ball in Italy <laughs> during some of this. I'm, I'm almost a little afraid of that of that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. I, You know, uh, women are not going to be required, by the way. Uh, to stay at the convent or the Catholic center, wherever it is that Daniel has arranged accommodations. Uh, there are some uh, wives, girlfriends come along, may not want to do that. Uh, and couples will, it's not going to be a requirement. So is, is that, is that uh, going however, to be directed work during that time? No, no. Although KK will come over and hang with the ladies some. And uh, so that they can have the benefit of her experience and expertise and wisdom. But it's not going to be a structured time at this point, at least. The plan is not for a structured time. However, you know, the big Sarah Society uh, retreat is coming up in just a few weeks. And those, it, there's no telling. I cannot tell uh, the women of the Sarah Society what they can and cannot do. And if they want to structure something in Italy, that's going to be entirely up to them. Uh, and we certainly would support any decision they'd make in that in that direction. And for those ladies that don't know, Sarah Society is uh, directed to serving, uh, is geared towards serving women who have suffered on the other side of the porn addiction or sex addiction within marriage, correct? Yeah, so, yeah sure. So yeah, it, yeah. if you have... Uh, struggled with your own feelings in that and dealt with the betrayal trauma, they are such a great resource for you. But it's it's fun to talk to Daniel, and man, I can't believe he has spent his life in Italy. He certainly did not sound... I was waiting for that story to to be like, I came from Minnesota and moved to Italy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, And I've had the great joy and privilege of interacting with some of his uh, some of his men, some of the guys in his organization, uh, including uh, Christian, the fellow who worked on translating the book and some other guys. He's got some really gifted and committed men there and they're just amazing, amazing men. Well, uh, I think we are rapidly approaching the end of this episode. Uh, we do, of course, want to remind our listeners that they can reach us always at piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we love uh, feedback and suggestions and, and pushback and, and all questions that Questions and thoughts and poetry and... That's right. <laughs> uh, anything else that you can think of, Aaron, that we ought to uh, include before we close out this chapter of the, of I the podcast. I can never think of anything, but it's fun to do this in the morning. This reminds me of the old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, our listeners can't see you, but there you are just rocking away on that wonderful uh, swing on, I recognize the front porch, I believe. Is that, that true? Is, that is yeah, true. You're on the I front am on porch. the front porch. Yeah. Sitting next to some and rocking it, chairs that you gave us. Yeah. And is it my imagination, or are those shrubs, those uh, 
shrubs and trees behind you. Are they starting to bud out a little bit? Oh, uh, there's a bunch of seeds on my car. I don't know. We usually look for buds like, no, you're looking at a bush that's always got leaves on it. Uh, the trees behind okay. that are not yet budding. But soon, soon we will start taking our walks and looking for those springtime buds that we get so excited about soon and very soon. Uh, winter comes, but spring is always close behind. Let's leave with that thought. Winter may be, it may be winter in your life right now, but spring is never far behind. Until next time, then. I'm I Nate. am Erone. <laughs> and we are your pals on the Pirate Monk. The Pirate Monk Podcast is produced by members of the Samson Society. Send your feedback or questions to piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and share the podcast with a friend. For more information, please visit samsonsociety.com. <laughs>